if I've learned anything about making any money, it's to test the idea first before you spend all the time making the back end. In 2018, I made a confidence course. Who buys a confidence course? Not like I'm the most confident person in the world either to, to, to take a confidence course from. But I spent $500 on editing. I spent a month making it. And I was like, this is the thing that's going to make me money. And not a single person bought it. I don't even think one person went to the landing page. But had I like maybe tested the idea to my 1,000 or 2,000 Instagram followers at the time, I could have gotten some feedback. It's important to test the idea instead of trying to build the idea outright. Here at Kajabi, we're known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And the Creator's Playbook podcast is here to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the advice and playbook you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, then allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. everyone and welcome to the podcast where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on Kajabi. I'm your host Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience and today we're joined by Antonio Cuccinello, real estate investor and content creator. How's it going today Antonio? We're all good. We're all good. Thanks for having me Jared. Give us a, a taste of who you are and what you do. Yeah, I'm a real estate investor and content creator. Um, I help beginner real estate investors who don't know where to start buy their first rental property with the step-by-step process. I'm just trying to help the old me who was 26 living in New York City, didn't know where to start when it came to real estate investing. And so I try to break down the advice from a, a position of, hey, I'm only a couple steps ahead of you, but I understand what it's like to be in your shoes. Uh, I'm not the guy who has 150 properties, 200 properties to, uh, and has lost touch is what it's like to start investing in today's world. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. I love it. I love it. And, you know, real estate investing is one of those things that I think everyone on the planet, or at least everyone in the United States has seen an infomercial or they've, they've been exposed to this concept of, you know, potential quick riches. Um, so I, I guess I would, I'd, I'd really like to understand, like, what has been your approach to, uh, I guess selling the overall, um, messaging around getting started in real estate? For me, growing up, the biggest thing was, I loved controlling my time and my life. And as soon as I started my first full-time job, I felt like I didn't have control anymore. And I was kind of stuck. And I always had to ask someone else to say, um, can I take off? Can I not take off? Can I work from home? Can I not work from home? You know, pre-COVID. And control is a huge thing. Uh, so I looked at all the different options out there and it seemed like the one that allowed people to take control of their life and time in the most stable way that has produced the most amount of millionaires was real estate. So I looked at it that way. I was like, okay, this is my best shot. So I'm going to try this. And I think that that still holds through to today. I've seen I, 
see people that started after me and have way more properties than me. I've seen people that have started way before me and have less, but are still in a great place because of it. No matter what is going on in the market, typically it's going to be a good time to keep going um, and and keep investing. So uh, I, I'm doing it in, in real life. And so I have no problem telling other people to keep doing it because I'm in the ground, I'm in the trenches, I'm seeing what it's like. I'm not, I haven't retired from investing to talk about it. I'm doing it and talking about it at the same time. And I'd love to hear more about how you indeed got started out. If you could share just like, like what did that first property buy even look like? For my first property, yeah, I was living in New York City. But I absolutely did not buy in New York City. I, I opened up Zillow and I look at prices and I'm like, uh, okay, there's no way I can buy something. Um, even if I decided to save, I actually just did a video on this. If you tried to save 20% down for a duplex in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, okay, not like the most hopping area, but it is a nice area, $1.6 million. Uh, $1.7 million, the purchase price, 20% down is $424,000. If you save $500 a month, it would take you 70, almost 71 years to save enough money to get the down payment for what the house is worth today, Ouch. not what it's worth in 70 <laughs> years from now. Um, so when I started doing that math, I was like, okay, obviously I can't do that. And so I started looking elsewhere. I, I ended up investing in my college town, which was about two and a half hours away by train, bike, and car, because I didn't have a car at the time living in New York. And I just spent every weekend looking at properties and eventually got one. It was a triplex, meaning it has three apartments in it. I uh, went in on it myself, planning on buying it myself with the down payment I saved. And at this point in time, my brother and dad were like, oh, like 10 days before we were about to close, they were like, Oh, we want to be a part of this too. So they came in with an extra 15 each. So I put $30,000 in, they put 15 each. And so we split it. I had 50%. They had 25 each. We bought it under my name. I took the loan on. And then, um, yeah, I still have that property today. That might have been the best property I bought still to this day. Um, and I lucked out obviously buying before the pandemic and then having the pandemic increase prices as well. So I don't want to pretend like I didn't have that luck on my side either, but yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's always an element uh, of luck um, in just about any, any situation, but the areas that you did take control of, like whether you received luck or not, uh, you were there, you were present, you started that process and you persisted through it. So I'd love to touch on uh, just the journey of starting the content creation process. Did this happen early in the real estate process or what was the driver for you to start actually educating? So um, they kind of happened at two different times and they were working at the same time. And so then, then they kind of crossed at one point. So Right around when I was graduating college in 2015, I was watching a lot of YouTube. I was watching a channel called Valuetainment. I was watching a few other ones that I really enjoyed. And um, they were really motivating and they kind of like shaped who I was as a person because I was constantly absorbing all this good information that I never got elsewhere. And I had been thinking about, oh man, I should make a channel. I should talk about stuff that I learned um, because I really think it's really powerful, but I was always scared to help people uh, and put myself out there. I didn't know anything about making videos. I'm an engineer. I don't you know, do this kind of stuff. I don't know the first thing about marketing. 
Um, and then it wasn't until one day in February of 2017, my mom came home crying and I was like, what happened? My brother ran up the stairs and she told me that my brother got diagnosed with stage four cancer. And like he was going to college at that time. He had an internship. Um, and like it put everything in my life in perspective that my little brother who isn't even like might not even get to experience his life in full is still living his life. He's not letting this thing holding him back. I need to not let this thing hold me back. So literally that day I grabbed my dad's camera. I didn't even know what I was going to talk about. I was reading 10 X rules by Grant Cardone or something like that. And I pulled out the book and I just start like talking out loud, uh, no script, no nothing. Um, I recorded and I upload it. And that year, I think I made almost like 700 videos. I just kept making videos and I kept improving them slightly. I, I knew that doing it would make me better at it. And uh, so that was about like general self-improvement. I was just talking about whatever I learned. But at the same time, I was learning about the real estate stuff. And I was at Vid Summit in 2019, like a few weeks before I was about to close on my first property. I was always like, I, I kept, I was stuck for a long period of time. And I kept reading about all these blog posts of all these other people that wanted to start investing in real estate, but they would say the same thing. I don't know where to start. It felt very overwhelming. And so I was talking to uh, Antonio Centeno, who happens to be uh, someone who I watched a lot. He had millions of subscribers. I just happened to meet him there. And I was telling him this idea. It's like, Hey, I think I'm going to start this other channel talking about real estate. I don't have any properties yet. I'm about to close my first one, but I think I could help people. And he was like, dude, you should do it. So he gave me, he gave me the confidence. I took off. I started making my own channel. Then a year later, I switched over to... Not switched over, but I started doing TikTok as well. And that again was pure luck. Me being on TikTok at the same time when TikTok was taking off. And I experienced a lot of growth the first 6-7 months of me being on the platform. Um, and now that growth has transported over to Instagram, a little bit on Facebook, YouTube, I'm still struggling with, but uh, we're still we're still kicking on that. And yeah, that leads me to today. So they started on two different ends and then they ended up coming together. They just combined each other at the same time. So I, I want to dig into the elements that were not luck um, because luck, again, is a component. But like, I, I want to know what were some of the things that you tried that were successful? Maybe some of the things that you tried and were not successful. Yeah, um, I would say making content consistently was obviously important. And I know everyone says that. And it's not because of the algorithm caring about the content being consistent, I don't think any algorithm really cares if the content's consistent. I think what the algorithm cares about is is good content. And the way they measure good content is how do people react to it? Do they watch? Do they like? Do they comment? Do they share? And I, starting out from literally no clue whatsoever what was good content, I could watch it, but I could never explain it because... People say the words good content all the time, but they don't really give you like tangible things about what's good. It's kind of like they just throw out feelers in the air about what is good content. So I literally have a spreadsheet that I still use today where I literally write out, why did this video do well? And I'll jot some notes like, oh, uh, 
it had a really crazy twist at the end and that probably made people share it or uh, the visuals were very beautiful and it kind of just sucked me in. I'll have to explain in words what I was feeling in that moment while I was watching that content. It almost forces you to be like a level ahead of um, where I'm at. So in terms of content creation, I'd say those parts were not luck. And then also like business-wise, I tried to create products that would solve the problem um, for that type of person. So I wrote a book uh, that put I put all of my best thoughts of what I needed to do to buy my first property. And I sell that on Kajabi. I also uh, created a spreadsheet that people would buy because it's what I use to analyze property. So I, I try to productize the things that were working for me. Um, and at, once the following started growing, uh, I, I also started offering some coaching and classes to people to help them buy their first property, kind of like a mini boot camp. Um, and so I've tried now almost every product in the book. I'm still figuring out what is best for my audience. Uh, but the different products that I've made and the content I've made have has taken me to this point so far. I think that really segues well uh, into the next thing that is on my mind, and I'm sure many of our listeners' minds, is like, what was the driver uh, for you to create your first digital product, if you will? Well, the first product I made was my book. So the driver was, I think I have an idea here that people like. People like... Because I've seen people talk about it online. I know other people in real life that have the same problem as me. So now I need to validate it. And so the way I validate it was, let me get my best information out there, put it into uh, writing and see if I could sell it. Uh, that's really what it, it came down to. So, And I, I never wanted, like I said, part of the motivation here was that I didn't like being locked into a job and I wanted to find a way to get out quicker. And so I was like, okay, maybe I can make money doing this. Now, obviously, a book never makes enough money to, to do that. Well, usually it doesn't make enough money. But the book on, on some months makes me as low as 200 On some months makes me as high as 2000 So it's not bad income to have from uh, one product. And then you have multiple products and that helps your income overall. So uh, one of the things I'd love to understand a little bit more um, is what the driver was uh, for you to, I guess, or what, maybe like what was the 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 period of time in which you brought Kajabi into the process? Was this to supplement the physical book that you uh, had produced? Yeah. So I actually brought Kajabi in uh, earlier this year. I happened to meet a few of the folks at South by Southwest because I live in Austin. Um, and they were really helpful. I was telling them my problems about how I have every different piece of software. Like I was using GrooveFunnels for landing pages and that sucked. And I was using ActiveCampaign and that was too complicated. And I was using uh, Searchy for my course stuff. And I was like, I'm paying five, six, $700 a month, which is not good for a, a startup business to be spending that much money on uh, eight different softwares. I was like, I just want something that simplifies the whole thing and does it all integrated. Like, I hate that I have to go here 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 to go here. And they're like, oh, yeah, uh, we have that. And I was like, oh, okay. And it's like one eighth the price or whatever it was compared to what <laughs> everything else was. I was like, this is, this is a steal. I'm like, why am I not using this? And so um, 
I launched a mentorship back in March, right around the same time I was switching over to Kajabi. So we tried that for a few months. I made some money and I was like, I don't really like doing this as much. So I now switched to a new product. I've switched to like a few other products because I said, I'm keep trying. I'm learning new things. I, I'm figuring out what I like and what I don't like, what my customers like and what I don't like. And I'm trying to find the happy medium between all three. Because in the end of the day, that's what really matters is to build the business you actually want to be a part of, not one that you're just doing to make money. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, can you take us through just just to give me some perspective, I guess, on what what your offer today looks like in Kajabi? Is it the a course structure? Is it uh, like just follow up from your book where they're like, or just tell tell us a little more what it, what it, of what it's like. So I have I have a few lead magnets, okay, free freebies. Like I have a free guide that has a lot of affiliate links in there um, and links to other things. I have. My book, like I said, I have a, a spreadsheet calculator. Um, I have a course that I actually give away for free. That is another one of the lead magnets because my mission is to democratize the education behind real estate investing. And if I hold the course back behind a paywall, I don't think I'm doing that. So I, I give that away for free. Um, I have a, I had a mentorship. Um, I have a few of those students still. Uh, but the latest service that I'm offering is a done for you service where I will go out and buy an investment property for you. I love that. I love that. Uh, I'd love to love to talk a little bit about your course uh, in particular, maybe and even even some of your mentorships uh, and the results. Uh, any any stories that you can think of that resonate in terms of the types of results your students have gotten? I've had a few people that I've never met before DM me on Instagram and say, dude, your course was amazing. Your book was amazing. You've I bought uh, multiple properties. One person who bought my book, this was like, I only had three properties at the time. And the person who bought my book said they already had 23 properties and it helped them get 23 properties in six months. I was like, how the heck? But okay, I'm I'm happy that that helped you. So that's probably the craziest story that I've, I've had um, of someone that I didn't even have to talk to, uh, which is great. So it's it's nice to know that like my products are out there doing things, helping people, and the videos are helping too. I want to know, like, and I know that you had one of those moments in life to where it just completely changed the dynamic. Um, for you that caused you to take some action, but what would you do maybe differently? How would you reapproach that if there, you know, perhaps, you know, the world was a better place and you didn't run into that life changing moment that was the driver for you to start? Well, one, I think it, it takes accepting the fact that putting yourself out there will change your relationships with the people that you have in real life. The fact of the matter is, I have lost friends that I thought were friends. Because I caught them making fun of me behind my back on videos that I had. But I wanted this thing and I knew that this thing that I was doing was significantly more important than what this one person was saying or that one person was saying, even if it was 10 people at the same time. Because uh, I knew it had the potential to help hundreds of thousands and hopefully millions or even billions of people. Accepting that fact while also looking at the the scale of impact you could have, I think that's that's really important. Um, and the other thing I would just say is 
start as small as you possibly can and and build up. That's what got me to what I would do. If I looked at what a content creator was doing today, because um, in 2015, it was a little bit different, right? They weren't having these massive productions. Now, these... Obviously, Mr. Beast has come along and, you know, productized, uh, made uh, YouTube into a big production studio. And there's a lot of podcast studios that are like that. Start with what you have. Start as slow as possible, even if that doesn't mean like getting to posting right away. Maybe that means just recording a video and saving it on your phone. I think there's a lot of gold in that. So many of us, even though like, there is, you know, there are no guarantees, but it is guaranteed that you will not achieve those results if you don't start taking those steps. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just amazing how many people don't start that process. Um, I, I selfishly want to learn more about how you kind of took your took the took that to the next level in terms of your social following. Uh, what was was there a catalyst that you started seeing some growth there, or anything that you did to start triggering that growth of an, an audience? Yeah, um, like I said, it, uh, when I switched over to TikTok, part of it was because it was a brand new platform. There weren't that many real estate investors on there. I had a really tight niche. I had four years of experience doing real estate investing or four years experience creating content uh, and a year doing real estate investing. So I took all the information I had learned and brought it to this new platform that had a lower barrier to entry. And so I was able to find success there. Within the first four months of me being on TikTok, I think I hit uh, 100,000 followers. I was like... This is crazy. And so I just kept doubling down and making more and more content and studying what was happening on TikTok and and putting more effort into it, going live on TikTok. Um, so I focused really hard on TikTok. Then after a year of doing that, reels and shorts started becoming a thing. So I was like, all right, I got to learn a little bit about how these things work. And so I just all I started doing is reposting it to those platforms to see what was happening. And then I would start to notice, oh, this really does well on Reels versus this does and that does. Um, and so I would try to make content that I thought would do better on Reels while keeping TikTok as my main focus. Yeah. So uh, I'd like to... I mean, it sounds like as I'm listening to you, it sounds like a big time commitment. And I know something that we've been hearing from our creators is burnout um, and how real that is for creators. Uh, What do you do to keep yourself inspired and motivated to continue producing that good, if not great content and keeping up with the the demands of, I guess, the production studio that you mentioned is now the case with most social platforms? Yeah. I would say I probably hit burnout sometime around this time last year. Uh, and I was in a pretty dark place personally. And I was just, I didn't want to post. I was like, what's the point of posting? Um, I'm not getting as many views. It's not worth it. Blah, 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 blah. But the thing that really got me through it was more paying attention to what impact I'm having on a, on a daily basis. So yesterday I did a YouTube live. I did it for three hours. I made a 158 slide deck presentation about what I was teaching. I taught everything I knew possibly about buying properties out of state. And as I'm making the presentation, I just kept remembering the old me in my head. I was like, the old me needs to know 
why. I need to make another slide explaining what the difference is between attorney review and option period. It's just something in real estate. But the point was like, I need to go deeper. I need to go deeper. I need to go deeper. I need to make something better. I need to make something better. Because at the end of the day, what's the point of life if we don't try to help people, the next generation of people do something better? And so that's the way I'm looking at it. And so attaching myself to such a a larger vision and not really worried about views. Of course, when I get a video that doesn't do well on views, I'm like, this is stupid. I don't don't (laughs) want to do this. But I quickly realized that, okay, we're doing it for this bigger thing. And I try to figure out why. I try to understand why it doesn't work. I try to make it better. And I'm not perfect. I'm learning. I'm I'm constantly trying to learn. But it's a it's a process of like some days will be you don't want to do this. Some days you'll want to do this. But it, it does sometimes feel like this is a a never-ending wheel. There's no end in sight. But I do think that as more creator businesses become stable uh and and mainstream there will be a playbook on how to scale and exit a creator business. Well, speaking of, uh, I'm interested, do you have any tips or maybe a top tip for uh, taking that audience and funneling that into things like your website or any other areas to where you're selling your products such such that you can actually monetize that audience? On live videos, I think you have a great opportunity to build trust very quickly with people because they see you for a longer period of time and they feel like they're interacting with you. In live videos, you have the opportunity to pitch and push people to your websites a lot more. And so I do TikTok live a lot. That's how I get a lot of people to my websites because it's brand new traffic every day and I, I push people to it. And I push them to a free thing, something that's so valuable that they will like want to say yes, as Hermosi says it. And so that's my course, right? Who's going to say no to a free entire step-by-step course on how to buy your first rental property unless you didn't want to do that? And even then, you might just download it because you don't never know if you're going to not have... if Just in case if you want it in the future. I love that. I love that. Well, uh, to start kind of wrapping this up, I- I'm interested, uh, just, you know, I know you're fresh on Kajabi, but in particular, uh, one of the value props that we love to share is, is Kajabi for creators, in addition to being one place where you can do a lot of things, is a great way to diversify some of your income streams. So I'm interested from your perspective, how Kajabi has played a role in allowing you to own your destiny is the terminology we like to use as a creator. Yeah. Um, in the last year or so, most of my income uh, in 2022 was from sponsorships. And that is still the case. But I noticed that it has been a lot harder to get sponsorships. Like last year, I was able to get them like clockwork, no problem. This year, I have to hunt for them. I have to fight for them. And so I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to have my own product. I want my income to be resilient of whatever is happening in the economy because the economy affects their their uh, spending dollars. And so I said, I want to have my own products. I want to have multiple products. I want to have services that I enjoy offering. Um, and so Kajabi allows me to literally sit there, spin up a brand new web page. I could test something on Instagram. So this is actually what I did with this latest service. I came up with the idea using um, $100 million offers from Hermosi about what the offer was going to be. I typed the offer on Instagram stories. They say, I have one spot for this. 
who's available. And then I started getting a bunch of DMs. I was like, oh, shoot. Okay. So I went on Kajabi. I made my landing page. I made my application and I created uh, the email sequence. And uh, two hours later, I then sent everyone the link to go, to go apply. And I got my first customer that way for that, for that product. Um, so it allows you to be quick. It allows you to, uh, Again, have everything in one place, simplify and doing it all for a great price to me is, is the, is the best thing for a creator. Because when you're starting out, you don't know what works. And I, like I said, I still don't know what works a hundred percent, but I'm learning what works and it is allowing me to learn what works. I'd love to understand, like, what do you see as the biggest mistake uh, creators are making these days? I, I guess earlier we were talking about uh, the whole production versus uh, quality of content, good content. And so maybe I'll just rephrase that as like, what's more important, the, the, the book or the cover? What makes that good content? So it's important for you to be able to do both. So don't look at it as like, you'll have something perfect up front. You're going to test something. Just try to keep giving more and more and more in the videos. And I'm sure that'll help your back end and study other people's videos for hooks. And that'll help you uh, get people in. Or if you're writing a book, looking at covers and titles and that kind of thing, you're writing, making YouTube videos or blog posts, look at the titles, look at the thumbnails, that kind of thing. I love that. And then uh, what's uh, one piece of advice you have for anyone new um, who is just starting out with digital products like, say, an online course? Yeah, I'd say put put your absolute best into it. But if I've learned anything about making any money, and we're not talking a lot of money, but any money, it's to test the idea first before you spend all the time making the back end. In 2018, I made a confidence course. Who buys a confidence course? Not like I'm the most confident person in the world either to, to, to take a confidence course from, but I spent $500 on editing. I spent a month making it and I was like, this is the thing that's going to make me money. And not a single person bought it. I don't even think one person went to the landing page, but had I like maybe tested the idea to my 1000 or 2000 Instagram followers at the time, I could have gotten someone some feedback, some feedback, even if you don't have any followers whatsoever, bringing it up to friends, bringing it up to people that are in your space, seeing what they think about it. Um, it's important to test the idea instead of trying to build the idea outright. But if you're going to build the idea, do it as, as, as good as you possibly can do. I love that. Validating those ideas. Um, well, Antonio, thank you so much for sharing some of your journey with us, some of your insights with us. Uh, before we go, I want to make sure that we give all of our listeners the opportunity to learn a little bit more about you. So uh, anything that you're launching in the near future that you'd like to make them aware of, or where would you like for us to send them to learn more about you? Yeah, I, I can't talk about what I'm launching because there's legal documents, but there is something I'm launching and uh, you can learn about it on my social media. <laughs> so All you right. can follow me at Invest Starters on Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, and Facebook and Twitter. For I X. love it. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows these days? Yeah. I love that. That's like the ultimate tease. Uh, we, we, we got, we got to follow <laughs> to find out. <laughs> yeah. Well, once again, thank you, Antonio, uh, for sharing with us today. Lots of great value for anyone who's considering, uh, potentially taking that journey into starting as a creator, um, as well as maybe even a potential real estate investor. Uh, so thanks again for joining us. You got it. Thanks, Jared. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, with that, that's all we have for you this week. We will look forward to seeing you next week.